Hey fellow writers, Cherry here. If you're interested in snagging yourself a copy of Scrivener, the ultimate novel writing software for Windows and Mac OS, we can hook you up with a 20% discount. Details at the end of the show. Tavern. This is Jerry, and with me is always my good friend and fellow writer, Melanie. Hello, pumpkins. Hey, pumpkins, that's... Uh, that's a throwback. It, well, yeah, also it's uh, it's October, so it fits. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm always thinking forward. It's like, how do we bring the outside world into the tavern? And this is how we do it, by saying, hello, pumpkins. <laughs> you know what else is weird? Um, thinking about pumpkins in October and bringing things back and forth. Uh, Illinois is not going off of uh, daylight savings time. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. Why not? They voted to keep it permanently. It is now permanent time. So when when everybody else, what is it, falls back, yeah. we're, staying, we're staying forward. And so it's going to make it really awkward for me communicating with people across the river in Iowa. That's stupid. <laughs> Why in the world would they, I mean, even Indiana, well, I think parts of Indiana are on Eastern time, but I mean, that's dumb. Well, I I agree that we shouldn't be jumping back and forth, but I yeah. think it's kind of weird that they stuck it on daylight savings time and just going to normal time and and staying there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that doesn't make any sense because I, Iowa is on Central Time, right? Right. So and, it's going to be an hour difference between here and uh, like three miles away from us. And Wisconsin's on Central Time and Minnesota's on Central Time, but they're not on. What <laughs> we're gonna, the actual hell? We're going to be like Arizona. Apparently, we're going to do what we want. Apparently and fuck you are. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> thank you for letting me know so I can always mentally plan that when I want to call home. Oh, that's right, huh? Well, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna make our our podcasting um, uh, timing a little, a little off. Bit more well, yeah. <laughs> I'll just have to. I mean, do well, you? Wanna... I, I I don't care. I'm I'm very flexible on a Sunday. Hey, writer friends, uh, Jerry here. I have an update that I'm adding in as I'm editing. In fact, I just finished editing, and Melanie sent me a text message showing me that while the Senate, the Illinois Senate, passed the bill in November to uh, make daylight savings time permanent, it has not been ratified. It's still in legislative limbo, it says. So it will not go into effect in 2020. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this on October 4th. Yeah. By 2020. The way, sorry. <laughs> 
And I am drinking a Modelo beer with Italicus added, which was recommended to me. And I have to say it's meh. <laughs> I, I'm drinking my usual warm, slightly flat Coke Zero because, you know, we don't have ice. So, uh, and I have a tortie who is currently headbutting my leg, demanding Aww. attention because that's that's what Gemma does. Gemma is the big sweetheart of the house, and she loves to be loved. And God forbid that anyone do anything that means we have to pull our attention away from her because that would be bad. So, anyway, so uh, hi, hi, Jerry. Welcome to October. And wow. Well, in more cat news. <laughs> Okay. We have a, uh, a, it's not our cat, but the cat has kind of adopted our backyard. It's a tortoise. Oh, they're it pretty. Is, it is such a sweetheart. Um, and, and I, I know I'm, I've been like, oh, let's put food out for it. Let's do this. Let's do that. And but the cats inside the house are like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Why are you encouraging that interloper? I know. But then the other day we were like st staring out the window and and uh, I see it run across the yard, something in his mouth, and he climbs up the fence and he climbs up the other fence and he stands there for a second. And he looks at me like like triumphantly. Yeah. And he's got a chipmunk in his mouth. <laughs> I'm like, well, the, the, the girls are all going. No. And I'm like, well, you know, that thing was getting into the side of our house and like causing trouble. So, hey, good it's, one. it's good the one, circle cat. of life. It's the circle of life. Okay. So, look, I still remember when Jordan, our black and white, once brought, oh, he was a hunter. And uh -huh. we used to let them go out in the backyard. We we don't do that anymore. Um, but he, when we were still letting him go out in the backyard once in a while, he would try to bring things in the house. And one time he brought in something that we weren't aware of. And I think it was a headless field mouse. I'm not quite sure. All I know is that somehow he poked it underneath the sofa and <laughs> the, the smell. It's like, I'm, I'm cleaning out the sofa. I am shampooing things. I am shampooing the rug. It's like, what is that nasty? It smells like a rotten corned beef sandwich. Where's it coming from? And I finally moved the sofa. It's like, oh, that's where it's coming from. Okay, then. How so, special. Yes, that was special. So that got tossed out. Actually, come to think of it, it might have been a baby bunny. I couldn't tell oh. because Jordan had taken the head off. So but yeah. it was just a furry body. But well, yeah. at, least he, at least they didn't drag home a dead chihuahua or something. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, small, small uh, mercies. But yeah, just so that people who are out there going, hey, how dare you let your cat out? We don't do it anymore. That was only because we would occasionally let them go out on the balcony when we were when we still had an apartment and once it turned out that jordan was able to get out underneath the fence and i found him lazing lazily sunning himself on a mailbox across the street i thought <laughs> okay that's you're done you're yeah. done so that that was the last of it now they just kind of look longingly out the window at the bunnies and they look at me like i could get that if you just let me go outside and i have to remind them yeah we have coyotes okay to you a cut you would be a snack yeah so just shut up sit down and eat your kibble my my girlfriend's cat will chase foxes away oh that's good <laughs> foxes like, are kind of cute though i know but it's it's like everyone's like no foxes elite cats and this cat's like oh, fuck uh, no. <laughs> 
what are you doing in my neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. I would I would hate for something to, bad to happen to you, Mr. Fox. Yeah. Uh yeah, you know, nice coat of first. Shame if something would happen to it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's a totally black cat too. We he he was a rescue. Uh we rescued him because my daughter uh when we lived at the apartments kept hearing this meow meow all night long. Mm-hmm. And she said, there's a kitten out there. And she spent two days searching for it. Couldn't find it. Oh. And my uh, my sister came up and was visiting. And we uh, we drove over. And we, we were driving around. And we got home. And she steps out and walks over and goes, whose kitten is this? She just walks over and picks it up. It's a little black cat. Uh-huh. And um, my girlfriend was with us. And at that point, she hated cats. But this one had a blown eye eyeball oh. uh the you know the the retina yeah the retina was blown yeah so it was like you know there was you he didn't really see very well out of it yeah. i mean it wasn't clouded or anything it's just you know it wouldn't do its thing yeah. so she surprised me because i was going to take it down to the animal shelter and, and even pay to you know have them hold it until someone actually picked it up she goes no i'll take it I'm like, what? So, no, I'll take it. Because something about it just was like, uh, I'm going to take care of this animal. Oh, yeah. And she, I, and she didn't like cats. Mm-hmm. But she loves this cat. And it turned out to be the one of the smartest cats. Um, unlike my really smart cat, her cat has common sense. <laughs> and... um She's, uh, well, she lived on a farm forever and even back in England. And so she believes in letting him out. And, uh, and even with his blown eye, he's a pretty good hunter. So she started putting a bell on him. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, he just, it just made him become a ninja cat because then he learned how to move without making the bell ring. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> because that's what like, black cats do. They're not stupid. Okay. <laughs> Well, he he took the stone out of Grasshopper's hand. He's like, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I guess I, I guess we could talk about cats because writers have cats. Yeah. So let's let's segue uh, awkwardly <laughs> into what I, I thought we might talk about today would be marketing. Okay. Um, and uh, I was thinking, what I want to do is I actually want to pick your brain about advertising especially with amazon and i thought also since both you and i are you know we make our part of our living doing websites for people uh we could talk about the do's and don'ts of setting up your own website sure um because the the one thing because i i mean in this the the thing that i mainly want to impart to people because I've done a lot of websites for a lot of people and I know what their demands are and I know what their expectations are. And everybody wants their website, even businesses, they want it to be the coolest website on the whole internet. And they want it to have spinning things and they want it to do all this automated, you know, like all sorts of fancy things stuff. Pop up and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like... Uh, I don't know, 15 different fonts. And um, so I'm here to tell you, boys and girls, uh, especially you authors out there who need a, uh, an author's website, and you do. Uh, yeah. Um, 
unless your website is the actual product, no one gives a fuck about your website. They want to see what's on the website. They want to see what you're selling. Not the, the website needs to be pretty much invisible, except for your book or whatever it is that you're trying to get them to buy. So that is my major tip up front. Don't put your ego in it. It's the website's not about you. It's about what you're trying to sell. Unless it is about you. I mean, I mean, if that's what you're doing and you want the website to be about you and your work is about you, well, then that's different. But still, you want to keep it as simple as possible and really easy to navigate. So um, I would say, and please jump in. And correct me if you disagree with it. Oh, no, no. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, the whole point about having a website for a writer is it gives a potential reader a one-stop shop for finding out where to get your books. Are those books something I would like to read? Uh, when was it released? Are there any details on it? These days, especially for romance readers and writers, we have a content warning. A lot of them have, well, I have one and I know a number of other writers have them so that if anything triggers you particularly, you can go to the content warning and see, okay, is this book going to bother me? Is it going to, you know, have me staying up with nightmares? Uh, also, I sell merchandise because people were, they liked some of the worlds that I built for my stories. So I have like Olympic Cove t-shirts. I have, um, a t-shirt for the nursery that's in my short story, A Boon by Moonlight. I have, oh, Trickster Tech, te Trickster Technology uh, Incorporated. I have logo t-shirts and cups and stickers for my paranormal shifter romance trickster. And the whole point behind my website is I wanted to make it as easy as possible for a reader to find what they need. It's It's pretty. It doesn't look exactly like a romance writer because there's no red in there. There's no pink in there. It's it's blue and green. But that's because I write so much about mermaids and sea gods and things like that. I thought it would be appropriate. But my whole goal is go to the go to the navigation bar and you'll be able to find what you want within three clicks. Yeah. Or, or even zero clicks. Mm. Yes. I do have a bar along the left side of the page that has my latest publications. So you can just click on that immediately. It takes you straight to the book page. Let's talk about book pages because I know some writers don't know about this. You need a book page for each of your books on your website. Why do you need this? Because that is going to have all of your buy links. That's going to have the cover of your book. It's going to have the blurb. It's going to have information like how long is it? Who was it published by? And it's going to have an excerpt. You need to put up an excerpt of your book so that people can go there. They can read it and they can decide, my God, this is the best thing since sliced bread. I must buy this book right now. I will go down to the buy links and find my favorite online source or possibly a print and I'll buy it immediately because this is marketing. This is making it the whole thing about marketing is it to make is to make it as easy as possible for a customer to buy your shit. <laughs> I mean, what, am I wrong about that, Jerry? No, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And luckily, I learned this early on because I had some really, really good mentors in uh, Romance Landia who walked me through all of this and said, yeah, this is what you need to do. 
But yeah, if, if you are an author, you need a website. You need to create a book page for each of your books. If they are in a series, create a series page and then link all the books to that. But make it easy for people to find your stuff because if, let's be perfectly honest, we're, we're lazy. We're used to one clicks. We're used to, oh, well, you know, we, I got a link there. Okay, I'll click that. Job done. No one wants to go hunting for your book. Don't make them do that. Make it as easy as possible. Another thing you might want to have, if you so desire, is a, an about the author page. Um, and another thing you want for SEO reasons is a blog. And you want it on your website. And you want to update it regularly, even if it's just basically what you would put on Twitter. Because the more you update your website, the more Google, uh, when it sends its robots out to see what's new, will see, hey, hey, they updated this. Therefore, it is fresh. And to Google, fresh is good. And therefore, you're going to rank higher. So now it's really hard. I found to do SEO for fiction authors because yeah. Yeah. Unless you're searching specifically for the author's name, which is no, nothing to get around that. I mean, other than that, there's just generic things you could try for and you're never going to get it because Neil Gaiman's got it, you know, or <laughs> someone else is going to rank 50,000 times higher than you. And you just have to live with that. But uh, one thing you can do, though, is at least keep the blog uh, uh, updated, which keeps your, your website fresh, which keeps it at least higher in the rankings. And another thing that, hap that helps is uh, it uh, turns out Twitter, because when you, you put things out on Twitter, and I recommend being as non-toxic as possible, but that's up to you. Uh, link link it back to your your site link it back to your book to your book page to the page about your book because google follows twitter yeah and google will will go oh what did i just oh i just uh activated uh, my google plus here okay well, well, google well, stop while you're <laughs> shutting that while you're shutting that down let me add a little addendum about that okay um something that i found is very useful yes most people, if they are buying ebooks, will go straight to Amazon. But you still have a lot of people who buy from Barnes and Noble. You have people who buy from iBooks, Kobo, uh, Google Play, a bunch of other online sites. Now it's good to have links for your book to all of those places, and you should be putting your book up if you're an indie author with all those places. But there is a limit to how many links, how many characters you can put in a Twitter post, right? The way around this is you create an anchor in the HTML code on your book page that says something like buy links. And then when you post a link to your book page, it will be the URL for the book page backslash hashtag buy links. When people click on that, they will go straight to your buy links on your book page and they can decide then and there, well, do I want to get it from Amazon? Do I want to get it from Barnes and Noble? I have a plethora of choices. This is great. That is something I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Let me write that down. 
Well, because the thing is, yeah, yes, Amazon is the 800 pound, you know, ape gorilla. in the room, yeah. gorilla in the room. But you could still, I still make a fair amount of money from the other online retailers. And I want people who use those to go there. And I want them once again to make it as easy as possible for them to find my books there. So that's why I did this. So you don't use that thing where, um, where is it? If you publish on Amazon, there's a thing saying, Hey, I'm going to be with you oh, exclusively. Can, no, then, no, 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 no. I do not. And then use, they, can, they give you extra amount of the sale or something. It's bullshit. No, that doesn't work. Uh, it, it works. Okay. The problem with I, that is. If, do they in even order, offer it now? Because I noticed my last one, because I normally say yes, because I'm lazy. And no. this one just, I, I don't know if I clicked it or not, but it showed up over in Bards and Noble, no problem. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was there. So, anyway, uh, sorry. Amazon would not publish to Barnes and Noble. What, what, what are you publishing through? Create Space. Creates, oh, well, that's, that's books. That's, that's something different. I'm talking ebooks. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they they might, yeah, okay. Print books would probably show up at Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah, okay. That that's something completely different from Ku, which used to be a way to make some decent money. Not so much anymore, unless you are really, really on top of your game and you know how to work the system. Okay, well, maybe I will be taking mine off of that then. Well, I I mean, where are your books published? If I may ask. Well, they're just, I just put them up on Amazon, period. But and then, but you, then I, I check the thing saying, go ahead and put it on other places. And then it just does it for me. Go ahead. I've never seen this link. Go ahead and put it on other places. You mean the, the print book or the ebook? It must be the print book because I do the print book first now. Wow. Okay. And, and, no, uh, I always do the ebook first. Well, they come out at pretty much the same time, but I prepare, I find it's easier if, if I'm doing all the work, it's easier to prepare the, the print book mm -hmm. and then it's really easy to convert it to ebook. Whereas the other way around is a pain in the ass. So it like saves me two or three steps to do it this way. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I, I usually prefer to do ebook first. Because I then I have to provide I I have to produce a version for Amazon, a version for Smashwords, or if you wanted to use you know draft digital, they're also very good. And then I take that version and the Amazon version and turn it into the print version. But that's that's just the way I work. Everyone is different. Hey, that's I think that's great. See, I'm learning from you because <laughs> I mean I, seriously, I'm lazy. I'll just like okay, it's done. It's out there. Bye. Next. Which is why I was working on my new book cover this morning. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, oh, and Jerry showed me these covers and, oh, Jerry, Jerry, oh, dude, they look so good. Well, I went ahead and I spent the coin for, for 10 um, different pieces of art and I downloaded mm -hmm. two because I couldn't decide. But then I'm, I'm thinking I'm not wasting any money because this book's definitely getting a sequel, if yeah. not a whole string of them. So... Whichever one I use, the second one could be the second cover. And I think I'm going with the green one. I, the, I think that's the best yeah. one because, yeah, that like you said, it's warmer. It's more inviting. It ties back into the title of the book. So I think that's going to work. But the other cover would definitely be great for a sequel. Yeah. 
And I, I will also, we talked about this briefly last, last week, but I will um, tell you this. The next time AppSumo runs a sale on deposit photo books, uh, deposit uh, photo pictures, I will ping you about that. And you can sign into AppSumo because that gives you like a hundred pictures for 30 bucks. Holy crap. Yeah. I so mean, you're, I, you're probably working on your $30 for years. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, last time, because simply because I am putting out so many books these days, uh, I wound up getting three packages. Nice. So I, I currently have about 500 photos in my in my reserve right now that I can nice. go ahead and download. Yeah. And and so that doesn't uh, that, that rolls over like yeah, if you don't it doesn't use... expire. It never okay. expires. Well, I, it's I figured it's going to take me years to use all 10 of those. So, I'm, <laughs> but you never know. You yeah. Never you know. never, Hey, you never, if nothing else, you'll have the books. Uh, I'm sorry. You'll have the pictures in reserve because who knows, maybe someone else will say, Hey, Jerry, you are such a talented graphic artist and you make these really cool covers. Could you make one for me? And you can go, <laughs> not a problem. You, yeah. I drew that myself. Goes over and downloads something. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, these days making book covers, it's not all about, oh, well, I created every single element of that image by myself. A lot of really, really talented creative cover artists. Oh, oh yeah. They they work the same way we do. They go to deposit photos. They go to Shutterstock. They go to places. They find a base image and then they massage it. They add layers. They add other elements. They add text, things like that. I mean... The whole the whole idea of the illustrator, you know, painting on a canvas to create a book cover that still happens. But that's really more for high level, usually science fiction writers. I mean, even the big five are using graphic artists who work completely digitally these days. Oh, yeah. And also, I'm like, I was I was actually going to go that route because at first I was going, okay. Here's the background I think I want. Now I'm going to go pick out a model to put in front of her. And then I'll find some spaceships. And then I go, wait a minute. This has everything. Yeah. Yeah. Bazinga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I am lazy. And so like, oh, all I have to do is put this in Photoshop and put my title on it. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for Shadow of the Swan, that cover that everybody has been raving about, I added, I think, two other elements because just because I wanted to, because one takes place in the book and I wanted to add like, little bites on her neck just as kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the fact that the hero's a vampire. But the rest of it, boom, that was the image I downloaded from Photoshop. Uh, I downloaded from Deposit Photo. That's all. And she's such a little sweetheart, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was actually looking for her. <laughs> I'm not why well, I was I was not going to use her. I was going to see if I could find that artist. Oh, but, I'll send you the link later on. Well, okay. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like I'm going to need it for any, any time soon. But. Yeah, but you they've got a, a whole bunch of really cool kind of science fiction-y stuff too. So you might want to take a look and bookmark some pictures that well, might be useful. I was looking because one of my upcoming books is going to be about gnomes. Uh-huh. So I was looking for anything about gnomes and I totally struck out there. Apparently nobody wants to draw those. <laughs> So, well, I'll have to do something else, but. Um, I'm almost sure that. I, so deposit photos had nothing with gnomes. Nothing but pictures of garden gnomes or these kind of wacky 
line drawing things. Sometimes you get you need to get a little bit you need to get a little bit creative with your um, search terms. Well, another thing I was thinking about doing, of course, this is way down the line because I'll see if they've because. Uh, Deviant Art has got some amazing artists, and I'm pretty sure you could go and negotiate directly with the artist to buy the rights for oh, something. Yeah. Yes, you can. As a matter of fact, yeah, it's because I mean, oh my God, Deviant Art is full of just amazing stuff. Because that's where they go to impress each other. Yeah, it's kind of like photographers used to go to 500 PX to impress each other, and and I always went there and went, I'm going to upload my. Never mind. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Uh, no, I can't compete with that. No, no, yeah. never mind. Where did yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm actually looking at the photo uh, deposit photos right now, and the artist who did my shadow of the swan and gentle full of snow, and who also did the cover for the crimson and the black, is named Major Gain, and uh, he or she, I don't know what it is, does a whole bunch of amazing CGI. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I will send you this link right now. So that's going to be very helpful for you. That was, I mean, I remember when CGI started to be a thing and I'm mm -hmm. like, God, these people, these, you know, it's, 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 um, they're so good. They don't trigger the, the uncalling Valley at all. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I remember being so envious of the high end, you know, uh, William Gibson and, you know, the, the mega stars of science fiction getting these amazing covers and, and it was all CGI. Yeah. Uh, back then I thought it was like airbrush, but I think I was wrong, but now we could get it. Yeah, I know. And we can put it on our books and we can look just as high end and professional as they are, because you know what we are, our know. writing is just as good. Why shouldn't our covers be just as good? Oh, you know, I was telling you, I was checking out this thing called Chinello, and I'm still kind of not quite because the half the half the well, the bad chatter about it is from 2016, and most of the stuff from recent, which is very skimpy, is fairly positive. But I, so I think I'm going to give it a try. Okay. And so the whole thing there is it's a paid service where people pay to read your stuff and it doesn't cost you anything to put it there, but you do have to pitch it and be accepted. And then you start a series and you could upload a little bit at a time and it right. gets released a little bit at a time and you get paid constantly for that. And you, you retain all your rights. And then when it's done, you can leave it up there and still get money and you could grab it and put it in a manuscript and stick it out as a book. Yeah. So I'm like, this seems win-win, but you need a cover first. And so that's why I came up with that cover. <laughs> Cause you have to start with the cover it, because that's what they use to sell people on, on following your, your thing with Bob. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. People are probably hearing the D -d 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 in the background. Yeah, she's sending me links. Oh my God. Look at that. Look at that. Is that awesome or what? Oh, I bet you're going to use that for something. Um, no, it's go ahead. It's that's actually, oh, I, I don't have anything for that. That's uh, steampunky. Yeah, I know it's very steampunky, but you never know. That's the thing. A lot of times I will go through deposit photos. I have what's called a light box uh, uh -huh. and it's just, it's full of, of images that I have, um, earmarked 
I don't know if I'm going to use them at some point, but they are so gorgeous that I wanted to make sure I can go back and find them. You know what I did too is before I actually committed, I I screen grabbed the uh, ones that I liked. You know, you can actually download uh, low-res versions. I know, but what I did with it though is I actually did a Google image search to see if anybody else has already used it as a a cover. Uh Uh-huh. And turned up nothing. And so I'm like, okay, clear. Because I can't imagine how awkward it would be. Two different books, same cover. All of that really happens even in the major print. Yeah. Oh, no, that, look, that, that happens uh, very often, especially with a, a popular model or a popular artist. So yeah. it's it just comes down to, I, oh, God, I can think of one pre-made cover place. They used to run contests where they would give you an image and say, make a book cover from this. Oh, and cool. so many people will come up with amazing concepts in different genres, all based on the same image. So, I mean, that happens. And they're and you all just, Fabio. <laughs> Well, no, no. The, actually, Fabio is no, 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 not oh, no, anymore. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah. That, was, that was a joke. The, there is, however, an image. I think he's Italian of some guy with black hair and blue eyes, and you see him, especially in like 2015 to 2018. You saw this guy, and I would say 70 percent of of romance novel covers. He was everywhere. Fabio was also on like Edgar Rice Burroughs covers and shit. The re-releases. Yeah. Yeah, he was being used he all was, over the place too. He was he was Conan the Barbarian, at least one of them. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So. <laughs> they should have cast him oh, <laughs> instead of Arnold. Yeah, what, what can he actually act? No, kind of I don't question think so. there. So. But you know, the funny thing is, I, I've seen uh, interviews with him back in the day when he was like super popular. So I'm really dating myself now, but uh, he's he was funny. And he was like very charming and and self-deprecating and, and basically humble. Yeah. At least that's how he came off on TV. So I I kind of like him. Oh, I'm sure he's absolutely charming. It's just that once again it goes down to can you actually act? And Arnold learned how to act. So Arnold can do anything. Arnold. I love Arnold though. He'll be back. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah. So we've been talking about deposit photos, and that they are a really good source for images. And we were talking about marketing. And you know, tell me com- about your experience advertising with Amazon. Okay, that's <sighs> unless you don't want to. Oh no, no, no. I don't. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Marketing is always kind of a crapshoot because. It can it can literally change from day to day. There are some good books out there that give you instructions, but for some people, one angle will be a godsend and they will sell tons of books. And other people can take that exact same angle and sell zippity doodah. So it's a very individualistic thing. But I do have Amazon, I use Amazon ads for my books. And what I have been doing lately is I've been kind of concentrating on using search terms that aren't generic. Now, the problem about using a, mm-hmm. let's say you put in a search term for paranormal romance. Yes. Yeah, so there's your SEO problem right okay, there. Yeah, you exactly. Way too many hits on that. Exactly. And you have to pay for each one of those hits, yeah. depending on how much your bid is set at. So what you got to do is you've got to find a way that kind of, isolates what is specific about your book 
and use that as a search term. I've also gotten some pretty interesting advice from people on use reference media. So if your book is kind of like The Mummy or your your book, let's say your writer, your story is kind of like another writer, it's actually okay to use those words or those names in your search terms. I've heard that. I've actually, that's one of the tricks that I've uh, used a couple times because people told me that I was like Terry Pratchett, et yeah. cetera. Yeah. And so I would run an ad and just target people who like Terry Pratchett. That makes sense. That worked. Yeah. But, it, well, it does. But Facebook is, I, I have, don't know how many people read on there. So you don't know. Yeah. Especially, well, no, I, I was, I took a course in publishing one-on-one just to, just to get some grounding and make sure I was doing everything right from a very well-known, very successful indie author. And he was saying, don't even bother with Facebook this year, save your money for next year because they're going through such shit at the moment. It's, it's just not worth it. Oh, because so, of the political stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And so many people are fed up with it and they're going over to MeWe or other places. So I'd rather just focus on doing primarily Amazon ads. Maybe I'm, I'm going to look in, more into doing some Twitter ads, maybe some Google ads as well, but I'm, I'm not even bothering about Facebook right I now. Have I zero luck with any Google ads ever. Okay. Okay. But I mean, mind you that I was focusing on something that was way broader than your, it might work for paranormal romance. Yeah. Doesn't work for science fiction. It's just, it's just too broad. You yeah. Know? Well, also, I mean, paranormal romance is super broad too. One of the things I had to do with, with like shadow of the swan, I really had to kind of narrow down what I was looking for so i was using terms like victorian vampire romance you know get get descriptive about what the the the, uh the actual book is about use those as search terms um yeah yeah so i i should have written some of these down so i could talk about them but yeah i was trying to come up with something i i don't mind paying for a click if it converts into a sale oh yeah yeah i want people to say i'm looking for X. I am specific. I want this. And I want the I want the ad to pop up when they put those search terms in and they'll go, hey, this looks cool. It's only 99 cents. I'm going to buy it. And then that converts into a sale for me. But the funny thing is, I mean, like if I'm searching for a book, which basically I don't ever do, I don't, I don't type stuff like that. Uh, what I do is I, I just, I am a slave to the random recommendations that pop up. Um, yeah, but when it comes to marketing, those actually wind up affecting what pops up in the random marketing as well. Oh, okay. Because when you put in search terms, um, basically. Oh, that's right. If yeah. yeah. But you see, uh, what I'm uh, so what I'm saying is, I don't. I I like try to figure out. Okay, now if I want something, what am I going to do? And I'm not thinking that way because I mean, because me personally, I don't search that way. So I think I'm missing out on that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't search that way either. But the thing is, Jerry, we're not readers. Readers do search that way. Readers, especially romance uh, readers, will say, I want a book just like Courtney Milan's. And so they'll type in Courtney, like Courtney Milan. Ah. And suddenly you get up a whole bunch of, you know, 
very racy kind of funny Regency romances. Well, so, yeah. the, so the part of this is you have to learn and you have to teach yourself how to think like a reader. How does your average reader look for books? And once you kind of get a feeling for that, that helps you with your marketing. I'm so stuck in Amazon land. It's what, what happens is I'll, I'll search for an author who I want to see. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll see all the recommendations down below that are, if you like him, you will like these guys. And that's where I pick up my new stuff that, and uh, I just bumped my microphone, um, book bub that, yeah. how do you get on that? You pay a shitload of, well, you pay about 600 bucks and you hope that they pick you. <laughs> so you pay and then you don't even know if they're going to pick you. Well, huh? well, no, I mean, you don't have to pay unless they pick you, but paying for a book bub advertising pass. Yeah. It usually runs about, and that's in the States. So you, I think it's cheaper if you want to do it internationally, hmm. but I know for romance, a, a book bub uh, promo, promo thing is about 600 bucks. And and that's for every book that's on the list, or is that the sponsored one at the bottom? Um, I that that's to get your book in front of readers. Mm. So, so you will wind up getting an email saying, "Hey, you should read X by Y." And oh, oh, okay, yeah. Because I mean, I'm always looking through the ones that are like dollar ninety nine. <laughs> And I keep going, oh, wow, hey, I remember that book. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Oh, Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe's uh, Diaries. I'll buy that. You know, and so I've I've got literally over 350 books now that I bought and I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sitting on my goddamn Kindle. <laughs> that's called the to-be-read problem, yes. Yeah. And But it doesn't stop there because I'll, every time I go to the used bookstore, which I know you shouldn't do because the author doesn't get paid. Oh, you know what? No, no. I, I don't believe that at all because the thing is, if you if you don't have the money for books, go by all means, go to a half-price bookshop. Go to the used bookshop because at some point, if you do have money and you find something that you like, you might be able to buy that author's next new book. Or you, or you might go to the library and say, hey, why don't you have X in, in the library? You should buy these. And the librarian, the librarians love taking recommendations like that. And then they'll go, hey, this person has a special library price on, you know, dig, draft to digital or Amazon or Smashwords. Yeah, we'll, we'll buy their their back catalog. It'll be great. And that makes money for you. So there's nothing yeah. wrong with used books. Well, the only time I ever saw my book in a bookstore was a used bookstore. So I'm like, ah, someone doesn't like my book. They gave it away. But, uh, but I do, I was honored because there is a, um, there's a bookstore across the river and it's a really nice, it is the best used bookstore I've ever been in slash coffee bar. And I hope to God they're surviving the pandemic. They had all of my books on their shelf. In the, that in the, is so cool. In the now, local author section. Uh-huh. Well, now what you do when you see something like that, or if, if you just. Well, I went if, and signed them all for well, them. That's a good thing. What you do is you arrange a signing with them. Hmm. So that people can come in and get the books signed and like personally autographed. I have such a problem with that. I know it's what I should do. 
but the whole thing gives me the heebie-jeebies and the turny stomach and the butterflies and the sweats and <laughs> hey no if it's not your thing it's not your thing that's totally cool I, but i really should do it you know but i'm like who's gonna give a fuck about me and also i'm like what if i do that and then nobody shows up well, like, that's, that's, that's my a, biggest fear i think yeah but that's that's where social media comes in you say please just come come down to the damn bookstore just stop by and say hello yeah. and a lot of times people but, will but do not that. during the pandemic <laughs> well yeah yeah ideally this is going to be a thought for next year and and this is not for everybody i will happily talk to a tree i have no problem talking to i people. talk to trees all the time it's people i have problems with no I, I i don't have problems with in fact it was funny one time my sister and i were at disney world and we were taking the bus from our hotel to the the park and there was a family sitting across from us and they were they'd mentioned something about one of the rides that i knew and i i volunteered my little bit of information and we started chatting about oh yeah well you should go here and this is how to get your fast pass and make sure you do this ride at such and such a time because it's going to be easier for all of you to get on and we got off the bus and stacy just turned to me and she's like how do you talk to strangers like that and i was like i <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's just what i do so ah. well i think that's wonderful eh. and and i love your sister too <laughs> i know i know stacy stacy's amazing so I, I I love her so dearly. She's been trying to help me with my my knee pain in oh. ways that unfortunately are not legal in Texas. <laughs> I, I have to keep telling her, Stacey, no, thank thank you, thank you. I love you for this. No, we we can't have that down here yet. So that just wait, just wait. <laughs> just a matter of time. I, I read today that there have been very promising studies that THC will help you if you get the COVID-19 in your lungs mm -hmm. because it will in tests it and remember this is mice in mice the mice that had the advanced uh COVID in their lungs where the its own immune system was attacking their own lungs right which is what usually kills you with COVID uh the ones that didn't get THA THC all died and the ones that got THC all lived. Well then, because okay. it shut down the immune system's overreaction to the COVID in the lung tissue. So it eases the the cytokine storm. Okay. Yeah. It, cool. It combats it. So it's legal here. I got the pills. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Well, look, if it's legal, yeah, by all means, God, you go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, <sighs> I've been going to bars lately. And even though they're trying to social distance after people get drunk, they come up right next to you and they don't have a mask. And I'm like, shit. And then if I get any little cough or sniffle, which I do because I have asthma and shit, I'm all like, oh, fuck. Uh-oh. Is it me yeah. next? Am I going to? Uh-oh. <laughs> so. Uh, fortunately, no fever yet. Well, Just fingers coughs crossed. And, yeah. But you know, the way we've been taking precautions, I would be shocked if I even got a cold, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, after, because the only reason I was at the bar is that's like my my sweet spot for writing for some reason. I mm -hmm. just found that I, I could just write there and I wanted to finish the damn novel. <laughs> So I finished the novel this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations. Well, 
first draft. But yeah, it's that, well, you're finishing, what, one a month. I'm happy to finish two in a year. Was it two? Yeah, but Jerry, Jerry we hit no. right in different genres, so. Yeah. Well, this next one that's coming up, uh, I already have 40,000 words on it. Okay, sweet. But it's episodical and it's going to, it's going to go forever, which is why I'm thinking about putting it on Chinillo. Now, mm -hmm. if there are writers out there who would like to warn me not to do that, please do. <laughs> you could, um, you could get a hold of us by going to writerstavern.show and there's a feedback button where you could leave us messages or just write jerry at writerstavern.show that's that's an email that will get to me and melanie uh did i i think i created one for you or, but i don't remember if i did but if one comes to me and it's for you i'll send it on yeah that's i trust you that's fine that's no all. i did make one with for you remember because i asked and it just goes to your other one. Anyway, so yeah. So Melanie at writers tavern.show <laughs> will get to her. So that's how you could give us feedback directly if you don't want to go through all this mumbo jumbo on the website. Okay. Well, my that, darling, it's, uh, it's getting on towards 48 minutes. So Yeah, we've gone way over. So I'm going to play the outro music and we'll wave goodbye and smile sweetly. Okay, everyone, wear your masks, stay oh, safe, oh, stay sane. Oh, plug your book. What am I doing? Oh, of what am I? Yeah, of course. Hello. Okay, Shadow of the Swan, Paranormal Romance, still available for a few more days at 99 cents. You can get it on Amazon, you can get it on Barnes and Noble, you can get it on pretty much every major online outlet. And the fourth book in my Two Thrones series, King of Blades, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. So if you like Game of Thrones with less gore, more consensual sex, and about the same amount of wine drinking, go pick it up. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, um, no Such Thing as Mermaids, my latest one, is still out, and it's still new. And uh, the easiest way, I think, to get it is to either go search on Amazon or go to jerryjdavis.com. Check out my brand-new revamped website that has the book on the very front and center where you can buy it from two different places, I guess, if you want the paperback version, <laughs> or Amazon if you want the ebook version. And, um, yeah, that's that's where you can... Oh, oh, you can sign up for my new um newsletter which yes yes which, which will probably go to your spam mail <laughs> but because that's where all my test emails went you know what jerry actually that's another that's a good topic for next week let's talk about newsletters okay. and how to make them effective because i've learned a whole bunch of really cool things that we can talk about about how to make newsletters effective and interesting and get people to open them teach me obi-wan I, I live, I am a fountain drink for me. Yay! <laughs>
Tavern. You probably could have guessed that. <laughs> when you go and buy Scrivener for either Windows or Mac OS, just use that discount code and they knock 20% off the price. The offer is good until January 31st, 2021. So there you have it. Stay safe, friends, and keep writing.